about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. The scary ones. The ones that make you feel uncomfortable. That's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle and I'm Brian. If you don't want to miss anything, all you have to do is just hit that subscribe button to get a notification whenever we drop a new episode. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. Joining us live on the show here, Eileen Wilson, Director of Refugee Ministries at Building Hope in the City and regular contributor and friend of the show. Welcome back, Eileen. Great to be back. Alrighty, so help me out here. We've had an influx of refugees locally. Why is that? We've been seeing, um, every time you watch the news or see the news, the way that I read it is, oh, wow, is that going to affect us? Are we going to see people because of that? You know, that's something that's come with the uh, time I've been doing this. And the changes in Afghanistan have brought a lot of people who helped us um, during that time as the U.S. troops pull out. We've been seeing what we call the special immigrant visas, the people who helped as interpreters and guides things like that help the U.S. military um, are able to come. And so we've begun to see an influx of people from there, um, still seeing little drips of other people, but it's building up, building up to the fall. So excited to see that. I know regular immigration and refugees, are that's it's different. But why Cleveland? Like, why are people designated to come to Cleveland versus, let's say, maybe where they have family members or friends that they would rather connect with? Usually, people who come in a normal process, sometimes they don't get the option of where to go. And But the uh, USCRI or the um, immigration will say to them, you know, you can go to this city because they're welcoming and they're accepting of people. Mm-hmm. And so that's sometimes why it's Cleveland, because Cleveland will accept people. We have the housing, you know, we have the resources and the network that people can start their lives over. Um, other times it is because there's a community here and the people get to choose. And we are building little communities that are very strong and welcoming other uh, members of their community, saying this is a good place to live. There's resources, jobs, you can start mm-hmm. businesses, you can grow. Uh, Cleveland's a great place for that. Mm-hmm. What are some of those ethnic or cultural groups that are, are starting to kind of build a, their own group here in Northeast Ohio? We have a, a growing Democratic Republic of the Congo a group and community. They're doing great. They're growing in the near west side. We have a um, good group of Nepalis. Ohio is actually could be number one. We always say they're number one or number two uh, for the Nepali population in the United States. We have a really strong group of Syrians who've come during the Syrian war who are are really taking root and opening businesses and growing much stronger. Um, We have the Afghani community was small, but it's been growing uh, larger because they have found help here and they've been able to get their kids in school and, and they see that they can move forward. So one person invites another person and says, hey, you know, you might like it here. Well, and you know, when you hear about those things often, you, you've probably got people listening go, here we go. whole bunch of people coming from like the Congo, yeah. getting on welfare <laughs> and just spending our tax dollars. 
What's the reality here? You know, oftentimes that is uh, one, the only lens that people look through. They say, oh, you know, this is happening. And, you know, I think the best way sometimes to think about this is, are we willing to give people a fresh start? Are we willing to invest a little bit so that people can really contribute to the community? And that's a lot of what the refugee program is. We give a little bit of help. You only get about three months worth of help from the resettlement agency. And then they say, ready to be self-sufficient, have a job, pay the rent, moving forward. Um, the refugees as a group are actually a lower percentage of being on benefits than the average American is. And that's because they came here for a new life, a new start. They want to be in a place where they have opportunity. The refugee community up and down Lorraine in uh, the Nepalis have recently opened a restaurant. They have stores. There's a new clothing store up in Parma, all over the place. They've opened at least half a dozen or more businesses that brings revenue, that hires people, that adds to the community. And I think that's really the lens to look through for the refugee, that they are coming and adding to the community. They may take a little bit at the beginning, but they add to the community in greater ways than I think a lot of times we understand. Maybe the best way to understand that is to just go to the stores, see what they're doing, talk to the people. And I think there's a whole different perspective there. How else are these refugee families, even the brand new ones, integrating into our community here in Northeast Ohio this summer? So it's been an interesting summer because we are post-COVID-esque. That's kind of what I call it. We are and we're not. We're in this kind of interim phase. So uh, as we see people come, they've been very eager to just get out a little bit, you know, with a little bit of hesitance. You know, as a group, they can be uh, a little bit scared. But they have come out in, um, we have a soccer program going on with the kids, and we've been able to get them out. Our theme this year is fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and we're bringing the get together the community with soccer coaches saying, you know what? You have value just because you exist, not because we get something from you, not because somehow, um, you know, you owe us something, but because you exist. One of the reasons we welcome you in the United States is because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's a great way we've been able to connect and they've been able to come out. So we're very excited about seeing people begin to come out more, to um, come back to the Hope Center classes, to be back in community. You mentioned that these communities do a great job at integrating and they even establish their own businesses. And then you said they get most of the financial help the first three months. Beyond mm -hmm. that and beyond the financial help they may need, what are other practical ways that a ministry like you helps them and even a person listening can say, man, I want to volunteer and I want to help in this way? What are their needs? One of the great ways I think that is... Um not known about the Hope Center that is very helpful to the community is that we will rent it in order to start churches to have a place to stay. So they can go and incubate there, get ready, and then try to find a building. So if there's anybody who knows a building a refugee church can buy or somewhere that they can find a permanent home, that's a great way. They ask me all the time, you know, is there somewhere we can find a permanent home? But the Hope Center in between helps these churches to grow, to have a place to be safe, to know that they are welcome. 
the individual person, they can help by, uh, we need people as uh, things are opening a little bit, more and more people are coming out to learn citizenship, to uh, begin to move forward, to do their English classes. We need people to help with that. We've brought the kids back. We need people to help with our on-site childcare so that the mothers can go to class. Those are great ways to be involved. For those who are not familiar with refugee status, you mentioned they work on their citizenship, but then you also said Mm -hmm. they work and set up their own businesses. So what documents do they have to stay here? Like, how does that work out? So uh, the refugee is here as a permanent resident when they come. So they come immediately knowing they will have a what's called a green card or be a permanent resident. They are invited by the State Department. So they have status from the minute they come. They status meaning that they can work here immediately, the kids go to school immediately, their life, their five years to get to citizenship. That's what it takes. You have to be a permanent resident for five years. That starts the day the refugee comes into the United States. Their life is set once they come here. That's a little bit different than other groups. And uh, they're also one of the most, no, I'm sorry, not one of the most, the most security vetted group of people coming into this country of any by a long shot. And so I I think Christians really as a whole, which is why we have Eileen Wilson on regularly, we need to reset our thinking and we need to show Christian love and support to the least of these, which in our community often looks like a refugee who's coming with nothing and no one for a better life. And we can show them the love of Christ in the midst of that through working and helping building hope in the city. How can folks find out more about you and what you're doing, Eileen? The best way to get um, just an understanding of who we are is to go to our website, buildinghopeinthecity.org, and to click on our volunteer tab and start out with Building Hope 101, the number of classes that help you understand not only what we do, but what the community at a large what it looks like in Cleveland. I think it's just a great way to understand where we're living and how blessed we are that God has allowed Cleveland to become a place that people are welcomed, that we see people as the arm of God saying, hey, you know, you guys are being welcoming. These are people that we can trust you with. And I think that's how the Christian needs to look at it. Amen, sister. Eileen Wilson, again, Director of Refugee Ministries for Building Hope in the City. Thanks again for your time today, sister. Can't wait to have you back. Thanks, you guys. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So look down, hit that button right there, subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us. How? A five-star rating. You can also hang with us live Weekday 6 to 9 a.m. Interact with us, talk with us, download the Moody Radio app. Or at brianandjanelle.org. And we don't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind all this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, Brian, that's a wrap. Yep.